Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Chapter number one, appreciate the privilege just to sit among the saints tonight, and oh, it's been a, a joy for my soul. I could leave right now and truly just say it's been good to be in the Lord's house. Appreciate the Holy Spirit. Um, you, you know, there was, when Jesus came into Jerusalem the week before he would be crucified, and they cried Hosanna to the King. When they tried to stop them from saying that, Jesus made a statement. He said, if, if they don't do it, the rocks will. The rocks will cry out. Um, you know, as long as I've got breath, I want to I praise him. He's worthy. Um, every one of us could testify tonight, I hope, of what Jesus has done for us. And, and in the singing and in the prayers and and in, in everything that's been done, there's just a reminding in my soul that I'm his and he's mine. Uh, I get to go to heaven one day because Christ died for me. And uh, that still affects me. I'm grateful tonight that he would love the sinner, that he would give himself for such as me. Um, pray for us. All right, I gave you some homework this morning. I asked you to pray for me. And uh, don't anybody answer, but uh, did you did you pray for me? The importance of prayer can't be overestimated or valued here. The one desire the apostle had was that the church pray for him, that the word of God would have free course. I believe the Word of God has power, folks, and we're to pray for it. So if you've not prayed, please pray. We need to be in the center of God's will. People need to be saved. There's a need among us, and only God can fill it. So I'm going to ask you again to pray for us. Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 18 is where we'll begin. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God 
with us. Father, thank you for your word. We pray earnestly that you would speak now unto our hearts. Open this truth to us, Father, that we might truly see the God-man, the very one who was sent to deliver us all. And I pray that it bring encouragement to us that our hearts would rejoice in the power of our Savior and that we might be able to see both, Lord, who he is and who he was then and, Father, who will always be. May we see the God-man, the very one who gave himself for us. We love you and we worship you as we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Well, you might wonder tonight whether uh, that would be an appropriate scripture. I think reading about the birth of Jesus Christ is appropriate any day of the year. Uh, You don't have to be around Christmas for this to be an appropriate message, but I'm not preaching tonight necessarily about the nativity, although it's anchored in that simple truth. Um, I hear some say, the scoffers for sure, they won't deny that the history books contain a man named Jesus, and they won't deny that he was followed by many and is still followed today, even though they believe him to be dead. They won't deny that uh, the things he did certainly had people stirred up, but when it comes right down to it, they do deny that he was God. They deny that he was God in the flesh, that he was God with us, that he was both God and that he was also man. Now, we know that it was necessary, and uh, I'm not necessarily tonight going to preach on uh, the necessity of the propitiation itself. We know that Jesus had to come. That's the only way that he could save you and me. The blood of bulls and goats and and turtle doves and pigeons and all those other things that had been slain. Every drop of blood, not one of them, could remit our sin. Not one of them could forgive you and me. And yet God uh, allowed that sacrifice for a while. And yet what we find in the word of God was that from the very beginning, he never intended the blood of bulls and goats to be what took away the sins of the world. No, it it would take a perfect sacrifice, one that was human, right? You You have to have the same kind of sacrifice. Whatever had to be sacrificed for man had to be man. Animals couldn't do it. Wasn't the same kind of sacrifice. And yet what we find is that the Lamb of God, Christ himself, was born of a virgin and born into this world to die. And he did so. Now that's the essence of the gospel. And Jesus Christ came. And certainly was, is the propitiation for our sins. He's the very pardon that made it possible for you and I to be saved tonight. Uh, but I want to preach to you tonight uh, just a simple thought about, about the importance of him being the God-man. Both man and God at the same time. I want to read to you some passages of Scripture to help bring context to this before we start into our thought. But John wrote it like this in chapter number one. He said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
He said in chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? And he said these words, he said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Now Jesus was declaring himself to be God in the flesh. He was man, but he was also God. He had to be man, and he had to be God. The only man that could save mankind was Christ, the Savior, who was not only man, but he was also God. Now, people are willing to admit that Christ existed, but they're not willing to call him God, to call him the Savior of the world. And doing that, they'd have to confess their own need for him and their own need for salvation by this God-man. Colossians, the Apostle Paul would write it like this, speaking of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of personal pronouns here, but all of them are referring to Christ. Listen to what he says. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 15 through 19. Let me read them. Who is the image of the invisible God? Now, he's referring to Christ. The firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heavens and in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. He's referring to Christ, Son of God. We see in the Word of God, I believe, several uh, pictures of Christ being both man and God. And I want tonight as a means of encouragement to the body, to the believers tonight, I want to encourage you that your God was man. He had to be man, you see. The only, way, the only way that a sacrifice could be given was that it be born flesh so it could die. Jesus Christ was born a man. And I want us to look at just a few things tonight from the Word of God as we consider the God-man, what the apostle would, or what uh, Matthew would write, as we read in your hearing, they called him Emmanuel, God with us. I see first a baby that was born in a manger. Now, that within itself is a little unusual. But back then, there wasn't hospitals as we know them today. Babies were born everywhere, mostly in one's home. It wouldn't be out of the question that a baby could be born in a manger, certainly in a circumstance like this. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ was born a man-child. He was born of a woman, you see, just like I was born or you were born. He was born from the womb of a woman. He came into this world, and there he breathed his first breath on this earth as a man. It was God who sent him, and yet what we know is what was born in Bethlehem was a baby. 
It was a baby. He was a man, you see. He wasn't some kind of angelic being that was just sent down from heaven. He was born of the virgin that day. He was a man. He was a boy. He he was a child that was born just like every other man would be born. And yet, though he was humankind at that point, he was also God. Amen. That little baby you see born in the in the manger there in Bethlehem, he not only was born of the woman, but he was born of God at the same time. For what we find is that he was born of a virgin. He wasn't born in the natural way as we understand it, but he was born of a virgin. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. He was man, but he was also God. God's ultimate plan was to use mankind, the seed of woman, and there by the Holy Spirit of God would be conceived what would be for you and I, the Savior of the world, the man who is God himself, Jesus Christ. They don't accept him as God. They'll receive him as man. But may I say to you today, he was born of a woman, but bless God, she was a virgin. She'd never been with a man. <laughs> that by itself, friend, is miraculous in its nature. It, in, it started the whole thing for you and I, you see, him to be born the God-man. He was born of a virgin. Not only that, the very day that he was born, there was a host of angels set up in a field over some shepherds and began to declare that he, was, that he had been born. Now, I can't find any other reference, any other place in Scripture or history where angels heralded the birth of any man that had been born into this world. He was born a man, un, unaware by most people, and yet the angels of heaven, the host of the multitude came and glorified God for the Savior of the world that had been sent. Yes, he was born a child, a man, and yet we find the angels of heaven all rejoiced because God had sent his son. He was both God and he was also man. We find there that the angels heralded his birth, but also there were wise men that came and presented gifts to this child as the king of the Jews. He was both man and he was God. I see a boy one day, about 12 years old, the Bible said, and the Bible said he got lost from his parents. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a normal boy to me. Sounds like a boy that's doing what's on his mind, that's just doing what's on his own heart. And, and Mary and Joseph had got outside the city, I believe it was a few days, when they realized that Jesus was not in the company that they were with. And they panicked and headed back to Jerusalem only to find the man, the boy, Jesus Christ, in the temple teaching the doctors and the lawyers. Yes, he was a boy. I can't imagine him as a boy. I can picture him in my mind as a baby being born but I can't for the life of me imagine Jesus as a boy as a teenager as any one of those things we don't really have a picture in the word of God but we see this one place and what I see is what's normal about a boy he was doing what he was thinking he was needed to do and there he was in the temple with the doctors and the lawyers and they were amazed at what he said because this boy was not only humankind he was God God in the flesh I see a man as he stepped into the waters of the Jordan that needed to be baptized 
We've seen a lot of men, a lot of women baptized over the years. And here we find Jesus at the age of 30 years old as he come to the Jordan and John the Baptist was preaching. The Bible said that he stepped in the water. Now John knew who he was. John said, he said, I, I can't baptize you. He said, I need to be baptized of you. Jesus told him, he said, no. He said that the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I need to be baptized. May I say to you today, he was baptized a man. He was baptized just like you were baptized. He was baptized as a man. But here's what happened when the Bible said he come up out of the water, there was something else occurred. The scripture said that the heavens opened up and that the spirit of God descended like a dove and the God, the voice of God boomed from heaven and said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased may I say to you today he was man and he was baptized as man Uh, but when he came out of that water it was also evident that he was also God he was the savior of the world now the apostle John recognized that John the Baptist recognized this when he saw him he said behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He wasn't just man. He was God. I see a man that was preaching in a house in Capernaum. That's not unusual for us to imagine a man preaching. You see it all the time. Every week there's some man standing in front of you and preaching. But here we find a man preaching in a house from the book of Mark. You'll find the Bible said Jesus was in a house and it was packed full. You couldn't even get in and yet about part way through it, the Bible said the roof started getting removed. Somebody was tearing the roof off that thing. And you know why they was trying to get in there? They wasn't trying to get to the man. They wasn't trying to get to the preacher man. What they was trying to get was the God man. They needed somebody that could heal their friend. And so when they tore the roof off that place and they lowered him down in there, here's what I want you to know. There was a man there has been preaching to them. There was a man there that could look up with earthly eyes and see him coming down. But brother, when he stuck his hand forth and he laid it on him and he said, you've been forgiven of your sin. Brother, that was God. That was man. And only this man had the power to do that. There ain't no other man could, could do what Jesus did. And that's what got them all in trouble sometimes was they they, as, as was already read to us, they couldn't believe that a man could forgive of sin. Listen, a regular man can't, but this ain't the regular man. This is the God man. This is the one that had all power. When they doubted that he could forgive of sin, he asked them the question. He said, which do you think's harder, for me to forgive him of sin or to tell him to take his bed up and walk out of here? Yeah, they couldn't say nothing again. So he told the man both. He had already told him his sin's been forgiven. Then he told him, take up your bed and walk. And the man that was sick of the palsy stood up, grabbed his bed, and walked out of that house. Now, I want you to know today, he was man, but he was also the God man. And there ain't no other man could save us but him. Nobody else could save us but him. I see a hungry man, a man that was hungry just like you and I are. Uh, I thought when I was going home today, uh, surprise, surprise, but I said to myself, I'm hungry. And when I went to the house, there wasn't nobody there. And I 
Thanks be to God, we had some leftovers, and so I heated them up, and I ate them. You know why? Because I was hungry. The Bible said that the man Jesus, he got hungry. He got hungry just like you and me. You thought, think, well, he was God. Surely he didn't have to suffer hunger. He surely didn't have to experience thirst or have desires or appetites of the flesh like that. May I say to you, he was 100% man. Bless God, he was also God. Here he walked through a town. The Bible said that Jesus was hungry. And he saw a fig tree. And it was a time when it should have had figs on it. And he walked over to that fig tree expecting to pull something that he could eat off of it. And the Bible said there was no figs on it. He didn't have anything that he could eat from that fig tree. Now, that was the man. That was the man, Jesus, who was looking for something to eat. And yet, what happened next wasn't a man. It was God. The Bible said he spoke to the tree and he cursed it and he walked away. And when they came back out of the city and they came back through there, that same place, the disciples marveled when they looked at that tree and saw that it had withered up. I want you to know today that anything this man said was possible. Anything that Jesus wanted to do he could do the Bible said God had given him all power in heaven and earth this is the God man today he was a man we can see he was a man in the word but we can also see in the same regard that he was also God in every sense he hungered there that day I see another time in the scripture where he was tired where the flesh that he dwelled in was tired The Bible said he got in a boat one day and he climbed right down to the bottom of it, found him a pillow, and he laid down on that pillow and the Bible said he went to sleep. You know why he went to sleep? Because he's tired. He's a man. He's a 100% man. He was limited, you see, by the things that, that man is limited to. He could only go so long in the flesh before he had to sleep, before he had to eat, before he had to drink, all of these other things. I want you to know that he was man, and yet we find that he's also God. There he was laying asleep in the boat that night, and the Bible said that there was a great storm came against it, and water began to fill the boat, and the disciples, thinking for sure that they were going to die, ran down in there, and they woke him up, and they said, Master, don't you care that we're going to perish? And the Bible said Jesus got up and he said, oh, ye of little faith. And the man walked up to the bow of the ship and he said, peace, be still. And the Bible said the winds calmed down and the, the wind quit blowing, the waves quit crashing against them. I believe it got just as smooth as glass on that water. You say why? Because this wasn't just a man. He's the God man today. He had power to do anything or everything, and yet he was man. I find a man that not only got tired, but a man that walked everywhere he went. You'd think, well, if he was the son of God, he should have been chauffeured in some kind of carriage. Maybe like angels move around, but he didn't come that way. He came as a man. And therefore, he was bound to walk and to move around just like any other man did. And every time we see Jesus in the scripture, he's walking everywhere he went. He's walking. A man that was walking. And yet what we find that there was a day he was walking through a town 
And unbeknownst to the rest of those that around him that was watching him and that was looking upon him, this old woman had an issue of blood. And when he walked by her, she reached out her hand and was just able to touch his garment. And there was something about this man that changed that woman. The Bible said immediately the issue was healed in her because, not because he was just a man, but because he was the God man. He was walking in the flesh. And yet when this woman's faith intersected with the faithfulness of Jesus, she was healed. She was healed. You see, he was as much man as he was God the God man he was also a compassionate man we find him on a hillside one day and as he looked out upon thousands of people that had followed him the Bible said he had compassion on them and he told his disciples to feed him they told him said we don't have nothing to feed him Oh, he was a man, you see. He looked upon these fellow men and he, and he felt for them. He was compassionate toward them. And he said to them, he said, feed them. They said, Lord, if we had 200 penny worth, we couldn't feed a crowd this size. And he said, what do you have? And they told him, said, well, we've got some fish and five loaves of bread. A couple of fish and five loaves of bread. But what's that among so many? Well, if you was asking just a man... It'd be impossible to feed 5,000 men, excluding the women and children. And yet the God man looked at him and said, how about sitting them down in groups of 50s? And he took them two fish and five loaves, and the man Jesus Christ began to break that up. And the scripture said that they fed them and fed them till every one of them was full. And then they gathered up 12 baskets of fragments. That ain't just a man. He meant that's a God man. <laughs> I want you to see now, that's my Lord. <laughs> Amen. He, he walked on this earth, but he did so not just as a man. He was as much a man as me, but he was God also. I see another part in Scripture that he was a man with a helping hand. As he walked through Bethsaida one day, he saw a man that was blind. The Bible said he went over to him and he took him by the hand. I'm talking about a man. Listen, you've got to have a hand to put a hand to another man. You've got to, to stick your hand out. You've got to be a, a man. He was a man. And he reached his hand out. He picked that old fellow up from Bethsaida. The Bible said he walked him. He led him out of the city. When he got outside the city, he'd done something extraordinary. And I say to you today, it'd be offensive for another man to do this. But not the God man. The Bible said he got this, this fellow outside the city, and the Bible said he spit on his eyes. You say, well, that's pretty gross. Man just spit. This wasn't just man spit. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but this was God spit. The Bible said he spit on his eyes. I don't know what the blind man couldn't see what was happening. He just, and then the Bible said that he laid his hands on him. And then he stepped back and I believe the man's eyes, he began, he asked him, he said, now what can you see? And the man said, well, I, I see men as trees are walking. You know what Jesus did? He went back over to him. He laid his hands on him again. And then he stepped back. He said, now what you see? And he could see perfectly. 
You see, everything that he did with his flesh proved his manhood, that he was a man. And yet when he spit on that man's eyes and he started to see, that said something else. That was something else about this man. How many times in the word of God do we find where it says they marveled at either his words or what he did? Because he wasn't just a man. He was the God man. He was an unselfish leader. I find in the word of God that he had taken his disciples on a little trip up the mountain one day. And as they were walking up through there, I can just see this blowing their minds. As they were walking up through there, following the man, Jesus Christ, he suddenly started to change on them. He transfigured is what the Bible said. He began to change right before their very eyes. And as they watched him, the Bible said his clothing became shining and white, glittering as if it were. And then he began to rise up in front of them. I want you to know it would have startled anybody. But he wasn't just a man. He was the God man. The Bible said they looked up and they saw there was somebody else up there and Jesus was conversing with Moses and Elijah as they were suspended in the air. They saw Jesus the man also as God, the God man. Not only this, but I see a friend, a grieving man. We find him outside the tomb of Lazarus one day. And you know what the Bible said about this man? said he was weeping. Jesus was weeping at the tomb of his friend. Anybody can relate to that? The loss of a loved one will bring those tears of grief and sorrow. And I want you to know that everything you've experienced, he has too. This high priest that we serve, this God-man who is both man and God, he was as every bit man so that he could experience everything that you do. And he is not untouched by your infirmities, but in all these things understands them and can help us not only as man, but as God. As God. He stood outside the tomb of Lazarus and they wept and they said, Oh, how he loved him. Oh, how he loved him. But it startled him when we said the next thing. He said, somebody move that stone. And Martha protested. She said, Lord, by now, he stinks. You know what she was thinking? Man, right? When she was seeing Jesus, the one who had just wept for Lazarus, his friend, and Jesus said, move the stone away from the sepulcher. She was thinking, Lord, he's dead four days. He stinks by now. And he looked at her and he said, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? The very man that had wept over the tomb of Lazarus, when they rolled the stone away, he said, Lazarus, come forth. That's my savior right there. That's the one. He had power over death. Man dead four days. The Bible said, next thing you know, here come this mummy staggering out of this tomb. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. They unwrapped old Lazarus who had been dead four days. See, he wasn't just man. He was God. Well, I think you could probably preach on this for quite some time more and you probably ain't got the patience for it. 
But let me tell you the greatest things that this man went through. Hear me now as we close. I see a man being whipped at a post with a cat of nine tails and the flesh being ripped from his back and the blood draining from his... I see a man. I see a man with a crown of thorns being pressed down upon his skull and the blood running down his face because he was flesh. I see a man carrying a cross through the streets of Jerusalem while the blood drained from his body and the people cried out and cursed him. I see a man that laid down on that cross on the top of Golgotha's hill while Roman soldiers nailed him to it. I see a man that cried, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then I hear him as this man cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I see a man that told his disciple to care for his mother. And then I see this man say, it is finished. He gave up the ghost and he died. I see a man that was taken from the cross and wrapped in grave clothes and laid in a rich man's tomb. The man, Jesus Christ, He was a man, he had to be a man, he was the only perfect man, and he was the only sin price for all of mankind. This was the man that had to be born because he had to go through all of those things for you and for me. But he wasn't just man on the cross. He was God there too. The Bible says when they had come to arrest him that night that Peter drawing his sword had cut the ear off of Malchus, the high priest's servant. (laughs) I see the man that they had come to get as he knelt down and he picked up that bloody ear off of the ground and he stood back up and he walked over to that servant and he placed it on his head and miraculously that thing took back to where it had been. That wasn't a man, friend. That was God. That was the man who was able to do all things and he's able today to save to the uttermost if you'll believe me. I don't see just a man at Calvary but God as he hung there on a cross between two thieves. The Bible said at one point they railed, both railed against him, but something happened to one of them fellows. When that one said, if you're the Christ, get us off or get off here and take us with you. And the other one said, do you not fear God? Know that this man has done nothing worthy of this death, but we're getting what we deserved. And he looked at Jesus. (laughs) You know what the man on the cross recognized? He wasn't just a man. He looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, Lord, Amen. He saw the blood draining from his body and yet was still convinced he wasn't just a man. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Let me tell you what the man on the cross said to him. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. There ain't but one man could say that. And in that very instant, he saved that old boy that was beside him, that low down thief they had nailed to the cross beside him. The man, Jesus Christ, 
God with us in the flesh. He saved him on the cross that day. That was the God-man. The God-man, they took him off that cross, Jesus, and they rolled him in those linen clothes and they prepared him for his burial and Joseph and Nicodemus carried him down to Joseph's new tomb where never a man had been laid. The Bible said they rolled a big stone at the door. You know what they put in the tomb? They put in the tomb the man. Let me see if I can help you with this. What was born in Bethlehem went back to the stone in the garden, went back to the tomb in the garden, and that's where they buried that man. You say, is Jesus still the God-man? No, he was changed one day. (laughs) The Bible tells us that when the Marys got there early that morning, the scripture said that the angel had descended and would roll back the stone, was sitting on it. The keepers said, fell as dead men. And there the angel awaited their arrival. And when they came in there, they were scared to death. The angel said, fear not, for I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He's risen just like he said. Now, let me give you a distinct difference between Steve Howard and Tommy Boring. You lay us in the ground, we ain't coming out. But when they laid Jesus in the ground, he wasn't just man, he was the God man. He had already told them, he said, you destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. They had already, the Pharisees, gone to Pilate and said the deceiver, he says that he's going to raise again in three days. Bless your heart, he couldn't do anything but raise. He was God. He was God. But you see, he had to be flesh in order to save you. The only way to present himself a living sacrifice unto God was to be born in the flesh. And yet Jesus Christ was not just flesh. He was also God. He was also God. Come get us home. I see so many things in the word of God that just, you you can't tell where the man ends and the God begins when you read about him. Because everything that happens, right They saw something coming as they were on a boat in the middle of the night and they looked out there and here comes something. They thought it was a spirit because they'd never seen anybody walk on the water. And yet here comes the man walking on water. Only a God man can do that. Anybody ever tried to walk on water? Tried it. Go right on down toward the bottom. And yet Jesus come walking on the water. And Peter said, Lord, is that you? Yeah, he said, it's me. He said, if it's you, bid me to come to you. He said, come on. You know what the God man said to him? He said, come on. And you know what Peter did? He stepped out and he started walking too. As long as he had his eyes on the God man, he could walk on the water too. 
Oh, don't take your eyes off Jesus. He died because he was man. That's what he came to do. The only way that he could experience death, because Jesus, we know, he said, I am the life. The only way that life could ever experience death is it had to be also flesh. So God sent his son, born of a virgin, so that he would be 100% man. But he was also God. He was also God. So many things. I got to tell one more. There are, the Bible's full of it. You can't tell where the man ends and the God begins with Jesus, right? When you read about him. But the Bible said that night before he would be crucified, he went out and found the garden of Gethsemane. The, and he knelt. And the man, oh, I'll see this, the man, Jesus, prayed in such agony that the apostle said that his sweat became as it were great drops of blood. That's a man. That is a man. And that is a suffering man. And yet we find, I believe, that it was Luke recorded that after he had prayed that prayer, such an agonizing prayer, the man, Jesus Christ, that an angel came from heaven and strengthened him. He wasn't just a man. He was the God-man. And so when Matthew records it, he said for it had been prophesied that one would come and they would call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The God-man. It's the only sacrifice that could ever work to save you or me. God had to become flesh. Jesus would say, if you've seen me, you've seen him. That's my Lord. That's my, that's my Savior. He's not just a man. You can admit that the man lived and that there's historical records on Jesus Christ. But I want you to know there was more to him than having been born in Bethlehem. There was more to him than just the man. He was also God. Every bit as much God as he was man. Stand as we sing. If you've got a need here tonight, I believe the God-man can help you. I believe Christ, the Savior, the King of glory, who sits at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession, I believe he's able to help you tonight if you'll call on him. If you need him tonight, come.